My name is Beck. I'm the co-host of the Not Superwoman podcast, and I'm the great-granddaughter of Irish, American and Italian immigrants, and I'm grateful to call Australia home. I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners of this land of which the podcast was recorded, and extend our respects to the elders past and present. I am in awe of their strength, of the world's oldest living culture, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to share this podcast on their land. Welcome to Recap and Ramble with Beck and Zoe. Hello. Are you excited to be here? I am. We're at my house today. I know. I've ventured to the country. Yeah, well, you know, and we've put on a show for you. We've had hail, we've had rain, <laughs> and now the sun's out for a fleeting moment. How very Melbourne. Yeah, I'm like, bloody hell. I know. Um, it's good to be back and we are coming off the back of our Virginia Tapscott episode where we uh, talk about how all mothers work and the parents work collective and um, yeah, it's 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 a funny one because we, uh, we had some feedback and comments of how people really enjoyed listening, also wanted more and also like we didn't really get into the nitty gritty of the research, research and evidence based side of it, which we would have loved to. But I feel like we could get her back almost to do like another chat about, you know, all the questions we've had coming in. Yes. Because it has been interesting and, you know, I guess what we were also chatting about was the value of just caregivers in society. Yes. I mean, I, the biggest thing when I was preparing her episode I was um, listening to and just kept thinking about was how she commented that, you know, caregiving has really been devalued in our society and it, it is the tapestry that wo- woves together like a community. And yes. and I just think it, it whilst we were talking about Parents Work Collective and, you know, that that age of I think especially um, Virginia's advocating for that zero to 12 months to have policy to support uh, the parent to choose to stay at home with the child rather than be encouraged to put into daycare or return to work. Um, it did – we also touched on the fact that it covers across all facets of like disability caregiving, age care caregiving, like – they are the most challenging roles and they're so challenging that barely anyone wants to do them. Yes, and they are the, you know, they hold our society together. They're the backbone of, of you know, it allows people to go to work. It allows, you know, I guess working mothers to go back. It allows, like mm. everyone's got to kind of pay for this somehow yep. and how do we make that work. It's just I feel like it really it needs to be encouraged to reflect upon and reevaluate our values as a society to to remind ourselves like what do we want going forward for our kids but also for our aging parents yes. and and how important it is to provide stability and nurturing and care in those roles. So then how do we afford that within policy and advocacy and like just a reshift of focus rather than so much on like the economic only. Like I just feel – I know. And it is – it's so hard to get your head around it. I know. Like Um, I still think about it and I'm kind of working out all the different policies and, you know, it's it's just change but the change, you know, needs to happen. Yeah. 
And the irony, I, I we I recently just replied to one of our um, people, uh, one of our wonderful listeners, listeners that wrote in about the episode, um, about how you know we'd love to delve into it further. And the irony of that episode is like Virginia was so gracious to sort of fit us in really quickly in between. She she lives in the country. She'd come down from Melbourne to Melbourne to um, do a parents work collective um, event. And then she had to get back to the country, but so she had her children in tow with us at the record. And then um, you had to race back down to the country. Pick up to, my children. It to was pick, just like to go hectic. to netball, and I had to go pick up the kids to go to um, school pickup. And I was like, "We've got so much more to talk about, but yeah, we've all got to yeah, go." And we just couldn't get there. But um, no, I think we'll definitely delve. I mean, delve, divulge. I don't even know what it is. Hopefully, <laughs> she'll divulge more. Um, no, back it was, into we it were, at a later date. Yeah, we would love that. Love that. So, so on another note, <laughs> what are you watching? Oh, we're back to watching. Well, you and I. I'm both- watching it too, and I finished. <laughs> What, Only Murders? Only Murders. I, know. I knew you were going to say that and I was like, <laughs> Only Murders. I don't know who else is with us, but Zoe and I are totally Steve Martin, um, Martin Sh- yeah, and Yeah, but Martin it's from Short the Three fans. Amigos. Three Amigos and Father of the Bride. So oh, there's so many. Like, how sitter, but I love um, Martin Short as Frank. Yeah, oh gosh, in Father of the Bride. Like I often walk around the house doing that aerobics routine and the girl's like, what are you doing? Honestly, it is just such joyful watching. Um, So, and I really, so Only Murders in the Building is on Disney Plus. Yes. And um, it is, there's done. Well, we're up to season three. Yes, we've done, just finished season three. And it's joyful watching because it's, like kind of like an Agatha Christie light murder mystery meets comic meets. Um, oh, but there's a name fun. for that genre. It's called like a drama com or a I don't know. You've lost because it's like thriller, drama, comedy. Because it is entertaining. Like it's I know. so funny. And sometimes you don't want to go to bed watching reality trash TV where you're just numbing your brain into absolute Well, I don't rubbish. do that. I know you don't. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, only one of us does that. It's only me. one of us' mind is numb. As I last night binged on the Real, um, Real Housewives of New York reunion. Um, but uh, it's really, really fun, entertaining, you know, um, and with a bit of suspense because you're trying to murder mystery. Well, I think it's the generational gap. Of yes. Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. Yes, so fun, and and they they actually are um, like bond really oh, well yeah. together. And Meryl Streep is in this season. I'm I'm going as far to say this is the best season, season oh, three. Calling it, I mean, yeah, with Meryl Streep in addition and Paul Rudd and I'm music. Bloody- I love Paul Rudd. He's quite hot. But Paul Rudd, the ongoing joke that he does not age and he sincerely does not age. I went back and watched Clueless the other day. He's the same age in Clueless as he is now. What is going it on? It is odd. <laughs> it is so unfair. Maybe he is his <laughs> rationale. He must use James Vivian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, good times. Um, and and I- also what else was – oh, the Britney memoir and Jada – Oh, Jada Pinkett Smith. I, I don't know anything about her, but I'm getting lunatic vibes. I, I know, but this is the thing. So I am like, yes, I get it. They're like, it's a bit of a hot mess, um, public 
kind of what is going on, constant commentary. But I will say, so I sort of one night when I was doing the podcast at like two in the morning, I decided to stay up till three in the morning, stupidly. And yeah. I um, watched um, and listened to Diary of, of CEO, which is another brilliant podcast. Not as brilliant as ours. <laughs> it is only the world number one male podcast, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, and with um, Steve... Stephen, the host, and um, I and they he was Jada on it. No. Yes, yes, and she was on it. It was the interview about her book Worthy, which I haven't read, but I was trying to just understand. I'm like, hang on, are they together? And they not together? What happened at the Oscars? What was the slap about? What was her reaction to the slap? Like, I was really just like, I want well, the to whole understand. Thing is a hot mess. That's what I I think of them, and I think of. A sloppy hot mess. I know. Well, I think even Will Smith said that he Just, he recognises that it's appeared to be that way. But it was interesting. It did when she spoke, even from just a relationship perspective. Like you know, and if we're all going to own it, marriage is bloody bloody hard. And at what times, what are you talking about? <laughs> And she just – she does – like when she spoke, I, it did make sense, some of it, not all of it, but like, you know, like the challenges, the pu- public eye, the, the you know, I think the difficulty is probably that um, – what maybe she didn't anticipate is people take anecdotes and run with them and some of the main anecdotes have been taken from that um, yes. her press release and just gone wild. And I found her the other day. Like the word I just took sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I found her the other day um, just trying to recalibrate in a ET interview she was saying um, just to clarify that her and Will are back together and that um, there was a period of seven years where they were separated. They were separated. It's a nice little break. <laughs> they, were, they were separated when she went to the Oscars as his wife, but it was the post-Oscars slap fallout that reunited them because she realised that no matter what happens in their relationship, she'll always um, support him, support well, him and support love each other. But when you, when you do listen to her in, in its entirety rather than um, headlines and anecdotes, there is, there is sense to be made of it. It just seems like it's been a bit of a um, public mess. Because they did sum up their relationship in one word, which I thought was actually quite interesting. Brutiful. Brutal but beautiful. <laughs> And I was like, might might take that. Yeah, yeah, seriously, I might adopt that at home. No, Um, love you, Tom. Um, No, but it is, it's not easy. And every, like, age and era and milestone is so bloody hard. Brings another challenge. Yes, it does. So, Brittany, will you be buying that memoir? I know actually nothing about it and, and I haven't actually even read the reviews, but I do, like, obviously alarm bells are ringing. Like, she's she's definitely struggling and not well and I, I I'm like but and also I'm growing also, up with her we love I love her like she's an icon yeah she you knows but that is like a hard hard life I went and saw her in Vegas in 2000 and what would it have been 2000 2000 for 13 14 maybe yeah and um it was the best night of my life because I loved her. You actually her. just said that about Caulfield last week though. So, <laughs> <laughs> Brittany Caulfield, do we really take the best of your life? 
Taking that with a grain of salt. I know. Um, my maiden name is Sparks and I remember one of our friends, Jess, she she always said, a bit of Sparks mayo's gone on that. And I'm like, yes, that's probably fair. I'm also going to use that. <laughs> but, but no. no but sh- hang on, hang on. But I, okay, so I did a bit of deep diving here because I'm like, oh, Brittany, I would love to read that memoir or maybe have it on a talking book. And people, the review was not good. Like, let me read this out because I'm like, that does not make me want to run out and buy that book. I know. Like it says, a feverishly anticipated and by all accounts, final revolt to the decades of rumours that have surrounded the star. It's rarely fun. It's bleak. It's relentless, angry. A portrait of a woman no longer in the eye of the storm, but surviving, dazed, indignant, the wreckage left in its wake. I am not rushing out. Well, no, that just to even buy that memoir. adds to the alarm bells. I just feel for her it just so sounds much. Bloody bleak, doesn't it? I know. And the po- like, I will say, when I did say it, I had the best night of my life. She oh, was fantastic. She is, in, 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 was, in regards is to like, fun. but she was lip syncing, and you could tell she was tapping out. Like she just was. She was. I just think I had the guy was with friends. It was the music from my whole entire youth that I just absolutely loved. So it was brilliant. But in regards to actual performing, like she was, she was already at that in what two thousand fourteen. Like it is over sad. It. It's really sad. But um, I know just someone that spent so much time in the public eye that has been um, and in it. I really feel like in an era where women. Like were really funneled down a particular, like sexualized. Yes, you and know. she was really young. Yeah, like in Baby One More Time, you watch that back, and it just makes you feel a bit uneasy. Well, doesn't God, it? it's yeah, like that it outfit and the school dress, and you just be like, oh, and the fluffy pen and the. I know. Ooh, it's just all a bit unsettling. I know. So I just feel like, but I still love that song, and I still dance to it. <laughs> It's so, I know there is an odd um, dichotomy there, but yeah, I, 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 I probably will read the book, but I feel like I've got a lot to read before I read that book. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's fair. So, on a brighter note, well, speaking of Caulfield, I did. Yeah, I went to spring like, racing. Yeah, spring racing's back. I know, and I love like God. I love racing. Like I was thinking about it the other day, and you I was are thinking a about oh. No, excuse me. <laughs> wow, you love. You I like to, okay, so let's take the word gambling, replace it with flutter. Flutter, Doesn't okay, sound, you love a sounds, flutter. That sounds better. Sorry, okay, flutter. So like, when you say the word gambling <laughs> and like, like but no, we could get sponsored by TAB. What is it? Bet one, two, three. No, you can. I um I was at the track and Zoe was like, put a bet on this, do this. <laughs> this is gonna win, right? But it is like, fun. Like, and I'm not talking like exorbitant amounts of money, no. like you know, children's school fees and stuff. Like, I'm not. I know. Well, you know, well, I'm not Charlie. If you're listening, <laughs> um, you know, I'm not someone that's ever owned a racehorse. I've been to the birdcage for work. Like, I've kind of seen all different aspects of it. Yeah. Like, I've worked there. I've been a guest. We've done multiple car parks. Yes. Zoe and I. Triggering uh, memories. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe and I tried to create the event of a lifetime in, back in 2019, Oaks Day, and it poured with rain relentlessly so as Melbourne did. we huddled kind of under a market umbrella. I'm pumping probably Brittany. <laughs> 
And we're all wearing kind of silk and really short dresses. There wasn't really enough food, but there was a lot of alcohol. But that's the issue about the races, especially in Melbourne, is you go to so much trouble for your outfit and then the weather, you get the weather report and you're like, I can't go change my outfit now. It's too late. That's where a trench comes in. Yes. And I do love like Melbourne comes alive. Yes. Like I feel like, you know, from grand final through to spring racing to the end of the year, there is this energy in the air. Like RBA interest rates does not stop the Melbourne Cup. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, doesn't even affect them. The cost of living, you just spend. (laughs) Like it hasn't impacted spring racing. Let's just say that. I feel guilty and bad because I do love and my, like I grew up, my grandparents on my dad's side, my pa Jim and Nanarita and my dad, like they all love Melbourne Cup. And it is so like fond and historical within my life. But I do have a part of me that, well, firstly, I go because I love to socialise with my friends. So when the yes. people stop to do the race, I'm like, why are we stopping the conversation? Because they're watching the race that stops <laughs> a nation. And then I'm like, hello. But um, so I'm not a flutterer, as Zoe likes to call it, um, because I go there to engage and hang out. But I also, I, I have this part of me that really can't cope with the horse side. Yes, of it. yes, agreed. Which I feel really, um, I, I, I cross between like childhood historic, you know, nostalgia versus, um, you know. I just, I, I, yeah, and I think it is really hard when, you know, I guess when I work in events. Yes. It is such a huge, um, you know, I guess event on our calendar every year. Yeah. So it brings in, obviously, revenue. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's so many people coming together, so you're kind of so torn with that too. Mm. And it helps the economy. Like yes. it's massive for the economy. I know. I know. So I, I sort of – I feel um, – what's the word when you uh, – One foot in, one foot out. Yeah. I want to say one foot in the grave, but you're not dying. <laughs> I know. I feel torn. I, one foot in, one one foot out. But I do. So we're I, looking forward to spring racing next week. <laughs> on that note, great. I know. I know. It's a night. You know what? It is a nice time to have a kind of bit of a break within the term. Like you get those few days off, reset in the lead up to Christmas. Boom. Yes. Well, we've already started our boom because we were Zoe and I went with our husbands and friends to furnace and the fundamentals oh my god I forgot we did that seems so far away but if you're someone that loves a cover band god it's good when I'm like being when everyone like anyone was saying what are you doing this weekend I was explaining they're like you what you're going to a cover band and I'm like you have to go see this band like they are so much fun oh and cross-generational the ladies in front of me were 90 yes and we're dancing we are literally moshing to like rage against the machine together. I know, but then that's the funny thing because it goes from like rage against the machine to then the um, soundtrack of Aladdin from and Disney. And like wake me up before you go. Like it's it's just bizarre mashup Nia of Twain, songs. Um, to Eminem, Backstreet Boys, Spice Girls, Daft Punk. Like it was like they just rolled on. I know, but that's I think the key to and probably why they do limited shows is because they don't stop. It's no, they when, don't. When, they, when it's a mashup, there's no break between songs. It just goes and goes and goes. So you dance and dance and dance and dance. Well, and I woke so up fun. and was like, "Why is my neck sore? I had a whiplash." I've got. I've <laughs> actually maybe I'll put it to our Instagram. Firstly, I've got a Please video don't. of Zoe moshing with the 
they were they were between eighty and ninety years old ladies next to her, and then um and then I've got videos of you whip whipping your hair around. Yeah, so I really regret that. No, <laughs> <laughs> however, it keeps me young. <laughs> but it was yeah, it was so much fun. We, I'm gonna put we need to put a link up to it. Yes, because you need to go. I know. I know. I've sort of part of me does want to get the secret I out know, there, but then, I know, then the other part so, of me is like, oh. no, seriously, it is such good fun, and it just reminds you to just go have a good time, and let your hair down and every now and again live, in a like wholesome, music fun way. Is so much fun. Yes. Well, um, and then up and coming, we are very lucky to be sitting down with Alex McCabe from Kip and Co. Um, Kip and Co has become a global homewares and um, bedding brand around the world. And um, and it was through Zoe's connection with her. Uh, they actually well, Alex reached out. She she does live in Merricks, in the most beautiful heavenly house on a vineyard at Stavine, and said, "Could we come and style up your house with Kip and Co?" And I kind of said, "Really? Would you like to come to my house?" <laughs> She's like, "No, we'd love to." So we did a morning a few weeks ago where we styled up all the Kip and Co products here. It was so much fun, and I was like, Alex. Well, you're here. <laughs> yeah. Want to come on the potty? Yeah. So we're doing um, – we're lucky to sit down with her and what's great is talking to someone who basically she finished school and went in as a career – corporate so she she's incredibly talented she's creative and academic and but she talks about how she found her at school she was encouraged by to to focus on her academia and um and became a lawyer and then she when she was sort of in the thick of being a lawyer in the UK she all of a sudden realized that it wasn't fulfilling her and it wasn't exactly what she wanted to go do so it's really um interesting and and a great opportunity to talk about someone who wanted to tap back into their creativity and who they were and make their her way back to doing a career and a job that fulfilled her rather than just a job that she's, you know, was extremely capable at but not necessarily fulfilled her. So, And it gives us hope that we can change career trajectory that late in life. Well, you're not changing it now. You're doing the podcast. Yes. <laughs> you're locked yes. in. Yes. <laughs> On that note, bye. <laughs> so we look forward to sharing Alex McCabe and Kip and Co next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Not Super Woman. You can find extra resources, links and information on our website, which is notsuper-woman.com. Is that a dash or a hyphen? A dash is a hyphen, Rash. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> um, and if you're enjoying what we're bringing, you can follow us on our socials and we're across all podcast platforms. So hit subscribe, guys. 